so welcome back to the third episode of the Don't Think Limits podcast. And today's uh, guest is Porik O'Neill. And this guy ran 100 kilometers just recently to raise money for the um, Cancer Society. Um, so welcome, Porik, and good to have you here today. What's up? What's up? How's it going? Um, so basically, we'll just start off by basically just giving us a little introduction on who you are, what you do, um, and just a little backstory about yourself. Uh, so I'm 21 and from Limerick. Um, I'm I'm basically a, a personal trainer, um, fitness instructor. That's my that's my job, and I am a, a long distance runner. That's kind of what I do, um, and I've kind of dedicated the last few years to, to the Irish Cancer Society in terms of raising money for them. Uh, last year I raised 4,000 euro with a 90 kilometre run. Uh, one day again that took 13 hours. Um, so I raised 4,000 for that and this year I did a 100 kilometre run and that took 16 and a half so it took us a bit longer to run the 100 kilometres. Um, but I raised them. We're closing in on 20, 25,000 nearly this year so that's like a total between the two years of 29,000 which is a lot of money so I'm a long distance runner, um, personal trainer, fitness instructor, and I just kind of have dedicated the past few years and plan to dedicate the next few years as well to to doing crazy things to raise money for the Irish Cancer Society because it's a it's a cause quite close to my heart. I've lost some family members to it, and I don't know. I just felt like this is the right path for some reason that I um I've been gifted to be able to run long distances, so I just feel like I'm a, I'm on a good path for raising money. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, take me back to, you know, where did all this start? Like, is is there people in your family that do running or like, where did all this fitness start? Like, or did you just slowly get into it through school and stuff like this? Like, when when was the first time you're like, you know, I'm, I'm a long distance runner? How, how did it all start for you? Well, I... I'm like an, an arm, any normal Irish uncle. Like, I, I've played, I played GA, I played rugby, I played soccer, I played... The last, but um, 20, 2015, I randomly decided to to cycle the Valley Bunyan, which was 90 kilometres. So I just randomly one day just said, right, I'm going to cycle the Valley Bunyan, see if I can do it. Um, And I was 16 years of age at the time. And I just went out and did it, and it took a lot out of me, like as a, as a, as a 16 year old by myself on the bike, going that far, no one else with me or anything. So it was, it was a good, it was a long day, but it was a good day. Um. And I came, and I came back, and this is around the same time my my uncle was suffering with with cancer, and he was inside Milford Hospice in Limerick. Uh, so just a few weeks later, I happened to happen to be going to see him, and I told him about the cycle. And he said to me, "Um, the next time you do it, I'll be on your back." Um, like we're just he was just having a joke. Next time, next time I did it, that he'd be on my back when I was cycling. But funnily enough, they were the last they were the last words that um that he said to me. Uh, face to face and the kind of those I'll be on your back kind of stuck with me and it stuck with me throughout these years um, but I, I kind of left that aside for a while the cycling or the running or whatever I just went on about my life um, after he passed away um, and then my my dad ran ran a, mar- ran a few marathons so I decided in, in 2019 just to pick up my act and run a marathon so I did and I trained hard for it um, and that was my first marathon and from there I just wanted to keep pushing and then that same year in, in August in 2019 um, I 
I decided to run to, to Ballybunion the same route that I cycled in, in memory of my uncle with, with those words in my mind I'll be on your back and uh, I did feel like he was on my back and it, it gave me a, a real sense of power and a real sense of uh, limitless nearly um, that I, I could I was almost invincible with, with him on by my side during that run um, so that's kind of where, where it all came about and I've, I've kind of dedicated all, all these runs to him um, in memory of him and he's kind of supposed to help me through him when I need when I needed him. Exactly, yeah. And like obviously you know, the last few words he said to you, I'll be I'll be on your back. Um, you know, obviously that's something that means a lot to you and you know, you connect with those words. Um, I suppose anytime you're doing any of these runs and stuff. Um, you know, what do these words really mean to you? Um that you know, that he said. Like what does this actually mean to you and how do you use this as fuel to you know to finish your runs or to finish those um challenges you face in life as well well like i suppose i'll be on your back um like the immediate way it affects me is i hope he's there like and i know he's there with me and i know other family members upstairs are there with me as well um but then it's just someone to to immediately speak to uh, it's like a, a higher power, I suppose. Of course, um, yeah. Helping me when when times are hard during the hundred kilometer run, I definitely looked um, looked towards him, and I looked towards other family members that have passed away, looking for a bit of courage and a bit of strength. And then, like when you're getting texts from from different people around Ireland um, on the day of the hundred kilometer run, um, saying how grateful they are for for me helping them. Um, you get strength from that too and I suppose they all kind of mean I'll be on their back and they're with me through it um, and I'm doing it for for them rather than myself so it's kind of something greater to do it for so I, like if it's for myself it's obviously easier to back out if something if it's for yourself because it's just you that's involved but when you're looking at the whole collection of the Irish Cancer Society and all them on your back and him and my uncle on my back then you kind of do it for someone else and you dedicate it to someone else so it's not just you anymore it's it's something bigger so yeah. they definitely help you through when you're talking like so many people are trying to help. I suppose it's just people that I want to help and people I want to dedicate stuff to and put their weight on my shoulders and drive me on, kind of. Exactly, that, yeah. that makes sense. And and it's mad, you know, how like a few words can, you know, stick with you for the rest of your life and really push you on in, in everything you do and whatever you do. You know, it's it's mad how that works as well. But um, obviously then, you know, going on to the run, um, why did you choose 100 kilometres? Um, was it just because you wanted to step it up from last year? Or was there like a certain reason that you chose the 100 kilometres? Um, maybe explain a bit about that. So last year was obviously 90 kilometres um, and that was just purely for the route um, and, and following that same route that I cycled when I was younger. And I suppose I did just want to step it up and go one step bigger, um, knowing that I, that I could do it. But there's a certain, um, I don't know, just being able to run 100 kilometres, it rolls off the tongue, the tongue nicely. Yeah. Um, and as well as that, I want, like, 100 kilometres is um, 60 miles. So, like, the, the, the big goal for me is to be able to run 100 miles. Um, so, like, every, every time I go and do a long run like that, I'm kind of aiming towards that. Like, that's kind of... I wouldn't say the final goal, but that's a huge goal in yeah. for these next few, like next year even, is to, is to be able to run 100 miles. So 
100 kilometers, 60 miles is, is, is another step up to that. I mean, another step closer to the goal. So next time I go out and do a long run, it might be 120 kilometers, which is again bringing me closer to that to that 100, 100 mile goal, which is which is really the, the pinnacle of where I want to be at. Exactly, yeah. No, um, that's that's great, man. I mean, you know, that's a huge achievement. I I done twenty kilometers myself, and I was dying, you know. But again, that was a little challenge for me, and and um, it it was tough. I'll tell you something. It was really tough. Um, so I could just imagine how you felt doing the hundred k, like you know. Um, you know, tell me when you were doing that run. Obviously, you used those words as your fuel. Um, you know, obviously there was a stage where you hit a plat hole. Um, because I know when I was doing my run and I was pushing myself and again this is something out of your comfort zone you've never done this before you're challenging your mental um, abilities and, and your actual um, fitness abilities and stuff as well what did you do when you felt like giving up or you know when you just it was kind of like I, I just can't do this anymore you know I'm, I'm literally going to pass out or I'm, I'm literally going to drop dead like you know what was you know did you use those words did you look for did you dig deeper into something else? You know, what was what was your that extra fuel really towards the end when, you know, you literally the only thing you had was your uh, was your mindset? Because as we all know, our mindset is actually really powerful that the body actually gives up before your mind does, you know. Um, so, so I, I'm big on on um, on the why I'm I be really I'm big on my why as to why I'm doing it. Um, and I think just from running these long runs and um, being able to answer that why question when times get hard is extremely important. So like when I was 70 kilometers into that run, I, I, re- I really, I put it up my story and I really did think I felt like I was in hell. Like, I, like I, that's definitely as close to hell as I've ever been. But if you have a strong enough why, so like when times get hard, you're like, why am I doing this? Like why have I vol- volunteered myself to run hundred kilometers? Why have I put myself into this situation? I did it myself and drawn no one else put me into this situation or taught me to do it. I did it myself. But my why is for the Irish Cancer Society. And that's my why. And that's something so much bigger than me. Um, and it gives me purpose in, in life, a really strong purpose and a really strong purpose when I'm running, when I'm doing that run. So every time th- those rational questions come up, like, go on, Parik, sit down. Uh, you can just sit down on the couch now. Um, there's no need to run anymore. Give up. And it, they sound so rational and... When you're, when you're in the middle of it because they're so they're so comfortable and nice but if you have it that's strong enough why I'm doing this for this I'm, this is bigger than me for the Irish Cancer Society then it kind of eliminates that comfort that you that you want and it, it takes that comfort away and it lets you finish what you're doing and as well as that in those tough times I, I had I had the likes of my dad running beside me um, and, and, and like when when times are getting hard I remember at one stage he said, come on, Parik, run. And I said, I can't, Dad, I'm hurting. Like, I'm really, really hurting. Um, and he said, I know you are, but, but let's let's run. Like, let's come on and do this. And then it was just, like, in those, you're so emotional in, in those kind of places and you're, you're not thinking the way you usually do. Yeah. I just started thinking about the fact that I'm, how lucky I am to be able to run with my dad. Like, how most people can't do that. Do you know, like, like most people, like, some people don't have a father... But as well as that, some people's dads just can't even, wouldn't even think about going out and doing a, my dad did 26 kilometer run with me, like, and most dads couldn't do that. So you have to look at, think about and strip strip everything back and, and think about how lucky you are 
to be able to run beside your dad and to be able to have two legs to run on, to be able to have lungs um, and, and to be in a first world country like it didn't have it all. Like you, you've won the lottery of life if, if you're born in a first world country already. You're already on a winning card. Like, so that's what I kind of think about. Exactly, yeah. I suppose, you know, going back to just say, you know, that, that I suppose I call it that other person inside you or that inner voice um you know we all have it whether it's uh, i think it's it's more of a negative inner voice than it's uh, i it's never a really positive one you know especially when you you know when you do big things just say like your run or things that i've done uh big in life as well um i suppose that inner voice is is always that thing that sometimes people let it take over them and it becomes to run your life and you do end up giving up you know, what's, what's your, obviously you mentioned your why as well. And I think that's so important for why you're doing this, because, you know, in, in times of struggle and times of pain and stuff, I think your why is the most important thing. And like you said, your why is what will get you over the line in whatever you do in life. Um, because, you know, I believe nothing's impossible. Uh, I'm sure you do that yourself, but you know, what's what's your whole opinion on the inner voice and how did you kind of i suppose leave that inner voice behind or not let it get to you like did you go into a state of gratitude or or where what did you do to get that inner voice out i suppose um so like i've, I've talked to a few people and a few like ultramarathon runners like say shane finn about this topic um and about how they cope with with that inner voice um, and as you said, it's, it's it, you will find higher times to find a, a positive inner voice. Um, you might get it one in ten times, it might be positive, but most of the time it, it is negative. Um, but what I kind of do is I kind of let it in. So let those negative words in because it's so hard to block them out and you're only going to waste energy blocking them out. They're always going to, they're always going to pop up. And if, and if, you, and if you don't, um, if you don't accept them or don't listen to them, you're kind of, you can't use it, I think. Yeah. And so when when those words come in and those negative thoughts come in, I, I let them come in, but I have an answer for them every time. Like that answer being my why, and as I said, that answer being, I suppose what you called it is is gratitude, saying how lucky I am to be to be here with two legs, to be here with my dad running beside me, um, lungs. I don't I don't have cancer myself. I'm able to move. I'm not in a hospital all day. Um. And I look towards that, and and as well as that, like these are the things that I'm going to look back on in however many years, however many years time. Hopefully, if I've if I've grandchildren or, or or children, I can explain to them that in 2020, when the coronavirus was here, when we were all in quarantine, I got up off my off my off my ass and I ran 100 kilometers, and that's going to hopefully empower them. To let them know that nothing is impossible in life, and that they can do whatever they want, no matter what it is. Um, like in 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 this time of quarantine, I I had a two kilometer radius, and I was still able to run hundred kilometers. So they can do whatever they want. Exactly. Yeah. No. Hundred percent, man. Um. Yeah. That that's very powerful. Um. So I suppose my next question is obviously you know as I said your your um your mind gives up before your body you know 
how important is training your mindset to you then let's just maybe step away even from the fitness and stuff because obviously i know you do a lot on your mindset and you know you listen and read positive books and self-development and stuff how important is it to you to not only train your body physically and stuff but also mentally and train your mind and can you just maybe explain what you do in in terms of that and stuff as well yeah so I suppose over the years I've kind of got better at training your mind sort of things and understanding about the mind. Um, like I used to be, I suppose like 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 a lot of young people, like a lot of teenagers, just quite lazy. You know, you wake up in the morning, you don't make a bed, you, you know, you barely dress yourself for school. So those kind of things that a lot of think teenagers do, uh, and it's 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 normal. Like and and I'm putting that down because it's, it's what every teenager does, but. I suppose over the past few years, I've understood um, that usually the things you don't want to do are, are, are the best things. So the likes of getting up in the morning, and the first thing I try to do now most mornings is make my bed because you're starting off the day on a positive. Um, and you're completely flipping it. Do you know whether than waking up groggy or waking up lazy and just dragging yourself out of bed and going out and having breakfast. Start the day with a task, and that task being make your bed. And all of a sudden, in those what for that one minute it t- takes to make, make your bed you've already taken one thing off the list and you're already on a positive and you already have to get the ball rolling which is the most which is the hardest thing to do is is to get get that ball rolling to start because once you get it rolling momentum is going to take it much further um so like making your bed i go for a cold shower like i try work out in the morning do my do whatever work i'm doing whether that be a runner a cycler or, or the gym and then i go for a cold shower straight after that again something i don't want to do but like the f- the psychological benefits of going for a cold shower, I think, are, are um, unreal because like, you, you, no one wants to go in for a cold shower, but when you come out, you get yeah. that, again, that powerful feeling again and it releases the endorphins and you just feel you just feel good. So I've started kind of, I suppose taking control of my mornings is something that I've, I've learned to do um, and start the day off with a positive of making our bed and the cold shower. And then usually most days go go quite well after those two and after taking two hard things off the list already it's like you know as they say whatever I can't remember that saying it's like eat a snail and then everything else tastes nice after that you know eat a snail in the morning or whatever it is exactly yeah I, I was actually listening to um Brian Tracy's book um there it's called eat the frog or something like that yeah and um basically it, it talked about eating the ugliest and the biggest frog first so you know when you wake up and like and I, I'm I'm a big um I, I do this a lot, um, so I've tried to obviously improve on it. But you know, I procrastinate a lot sometimes on oh I'll do that later, whereas it's one of my biggest tasks. Just eat the frog, get that biggest thing out your way, uh, done in the morning or whenever it is, the, as soon as you can. Because then obviously as your day goes on, your that energy tank and stuff drains as well, so you might mm-hmm. want to do it and stuff as well. But um, even the cold showers and stuff, I I think it's unreal. Like one of my friends does that himself, and um, the way he says it is, is you know the cold shower when you're going in under it, it's like you know that thing that you're trying to overcome or that fear that you're trying to break through or something. Um, and basically what he does is anytime he's about to step under it, he just thinks of situations like that in life, and you know he anytime he comes up in a situation in life where you know 
he's facing fear or whatever it is he just thinks back to that cold shower and it's just like just do it do you kind of connect to that as well or what what what's your like whole thing of the cold showers as well yeah so i use that in terms of um my running and more so than most things is i think the hardest thing about going for a run is getting out your front door i think that's a huge thing like i think yeah. most people once they get out their door get out their gate they're not really going to turn back um, most of the time it's getting taking the first step we'll say is, is, is the hardest so I kind of use that core shower as as your friend said just do it um, the hardest part is taking the first step under the core shower but once you do it it's actually grand you'll, you'll find um, so I kind of use that because I, I like yourself can procrastinate my run sometimes especially if it's a longer run I know I have to go and run 30 kilometers that day I kind of push it out rather than getting it done in the morning so I think the core shower has helped me just man up the courage and just get out and once I take the first step I, I don't really look back or, or turn around exactly yeah and you know obviously you you started doing bits with social media and stuff like that um when did you start actually doing um all that that side of things um you know posting on social media and you know doing your talks and podcasts um because obviously you've you you've your own podcasts and stuff as well when did you start like getting into that or you know was it hard for you as well to get into that like did you have that confidence barrier like some people do or were you kind of lucky enough to to not really care about what other people think as well yeah so jesus god i don't know when um the social media started i've been kind of um, I suppose I've been lucky in a sense that I haven't. No, like, don't get me wrong. I've, I've all like I have, not going to say I've anxiety, but I've always been anxious about what people thought of me. Um, only up until recently. But when I was younger, I used to put stuff up on of me singing on on Facebook at the time when Facebook was big, and I'm talking, you know, first or second year school. Um, so not that I'm. I suppose I suppose what it's, I'm used to I'm used to taking videos I'm used to doing things outside the comfort zone in terms of taking videos so now social media didn't really have that big of an effect on me apart from you know, the first post you're putting up yeah. like the first post you put me up of I'm making a social uh, a, a fitness account that, t- that took courage but after that I think because I've, I put up videos of me singing and I used to write songs and stuff like that when I was younger that it's kind of thank God it took the fear factor away from me because I'm always used to people definitely talk about about me behind my back, so I've always kind of been used to people slagging me for singing. So I don't, I didn't ever really took too much notice apart apart from putting that first post up. So it's it's probably started started way back, but in terms of the fitness journey, it started in the last three years, I suppose. I've been putting up workouts and things like that, but I'm only after branching out into my own little niche now. Yeah, uh, which is the path I'm, which is the path I'm on now exactly yeah and i think you know what you said there of what people think of you um and i'm I'm always sharing content based around this um because you know i think it's one of the reasons why especially younger people are not even younger people because like you know i'm in a lot of groups with a lot of adults and stuff as well like the the life coaching courses i do and one thing i realize is that no it's not only teenagers that struggle with what people think of them it's actually adults and and people way older as well so it kind of moves on to your um adult life as well i suppose and you know it's it's so like until you stop kind of in a way giving a shit about what people think of you 
I think you're living under someone else's rules or under someone else's um conditions or something as well. You know, I, I don't think... I think once you can break through that barrier of not really caring, that's when you truly start living your own life on your own terms instead of living up to someone else's expectations as well. Um, would would you agree in, in terms of that as well? Yeah, I, 100% what you said there um, about someone else's conditions and someone else's rules. Uh, like, the freedom I get from, from putting up content um, and... The, the power I, I have known that I like now because of all those years of putting up videos of me singing I know to be honest I couldn't give a I couldn't give a, a shit about what people think you know yeah. I like it, it doesn't really bother me and it gives me it gives me a great sense of satisfaction but like it, it is you like looking at people who, who do care about other people's opinions um there's a certain, like you want them to be, they don't look free and they're always worried about, you're always, if you're worried about someone else's opinion, you're always worried. And the fact of the matter is, no matter what you do, everyone's going to have an opinion about it. Whether it's good, bad, and different, someone is always going to have a bad opinion. Like I put up the video of me um, on TikTok doing the 100 km run for Irish Cancer Society. Um, and I still, like you think racing 20,000 euro for Irish Cancer Society and running 100 kilometers would be enough for people to say, oh, like what he's doing is good but like there, there was still negative comments and that just proved to me that no matter what you do in life yeah. there's always going to be some people negatively talking about you or talking on your back or um, voicing their opinion about it so like it really doesn't matter because whether you do bad or good people are going to talk about it and I suppose you know I think now this is just my opinion again I think people that you know find like talk negative about even just say what you've done you know because i thought it was amazing i'm sure so many other people did as well um you know i think that person um finds the bad in everything and everyone whereas i suppose someone like yourself finds the good in everything and everybody you know and it's about flipping that mindset and flipping that way of living as well and what i find with a lot of this is that the way we're conditioned from a young age as well, you know, just say if you're around negative people or whatever, you begin to like, you know, talk like that. And like, I, I don't know, you know, the way you said um, that person that commented negatively on you, like that person might have been going through some, I don't know, negative stuff in their life or some stuff that they've just brought through their life. Um and now they're kind of they, they kind of see this as an as a normal way of living or something but they don't know that you can actually be positive and stuff as well and and have a way better life and actually be nice and be caring to people as well like you know i just um i just i just think it's kind of mad you know how cuz obviously like myself before like i used to be very negative and used to do lots of stupid things and then you know once i started actually being more positive and helping people it's crazy how your life changes and how everything around you changes, how your friends change, how the way you look at things in life change, like everything just changes. Yeah, your your, your perspective in life is 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 huge, just the way you see it. Like, it, like even from like growing younger, like the glass half full, it it really has a, a big impact. Like the way you see things, like even just just the fact that you might see something a small bit more negative rather than positive, compared to someone who sees most things positive rather than negative, it's so different. Like it it. You wouldn't believe the difference in like thinking a positive 
and catching yourself when you're thinking negative because yeah. like everyone thinks negatively but if you catch yourself when you're thinking negatively and say right hold on why am I thinking negatively now and you catch it right there and then and then look at it positively the difference that split second of a change can make to the way you look at the situation is absolutely huge um, but I think the big fear but, or the whole thing about worrying about people's opinions is because it's I, I think it's wired into us because if you were if you were back in like going, going way back when um, in, the, in the tribal times if, if you were different to everyone else you're going to die and you're an outcast so I think the big that's the big thing is just getting over that little step of being worried about people's opinions because like we don't have to worry about anyone because we're not going to die anymore due to, due to being an outcast like it's not going to make it's not going to get you get yeah. you killed exactly but you know I suppose the other side of that is and I remember being on a, on a life coaching call with my life coach and, and the group and stuff and she said you know you you care so much about other people's opinions but imagine if you were told that you're going to die tomorrow would that opinion matter tomorrow you know would that really matter to you like and you know until you're faced maybe with that challenge i suppose you you'll never really overcome it but you know i think living by that and it's the most amazing thing i've ever heard um in in life as well is and I've been fortunate enough to obviously overcome that and not care as well, like yourself. Um, but, you know, I think that was really powerful. You know, what if you were going to die tomorrow? Would you really care about other people's opinions? And to me, like, that was just the most powerful thing ever. Yeah, I know. It, it is. It, it really is. When you when you, when you have a, a perspective like that, it, it, it strips back most things and, like, slaps everything else into reality. Like, exactly, yeah. So... I suppose, you know, obviously you're involved with the whole fitness industry and, and all this. What's your whole uh, perspective on the fitness industry and the way it's going and stuff? Because obviously, you know, I, I used to do a lot in the fitness industry myself. I used to work as a personal trainer and stuff. But obviously I've just kind of took a different path with it and, you know, went to the more mindset part of it. Um, Obviously I still do training and stuff. What what's your opinion on the whole fitness industry and you know I suppose, uh, like all these influencers on Instagram and and all this like what's your whole opinion on this whole maybe social media um fitness industry? Um, well, f- first of all, I think it's very very like well, most things are. I think it's very um, what you call what you, what's that word? Crowded, I suppose. Yeah, and and it is quite hard to, to, to break into um, which is which is why which is not why but I'm enjoying my own path because I feel like I'm at a bit of a niche I'm at a niche and I feel like there isn't many people my age doing what I'm doing so so I'm lucky in that sense um, but I think it can be not all of them are but I think it can, it can be quite a negative environment to be in um, and I I do think like I, I said in my on my own podcast, I said that social media has a big impact in the way I've gone with my life. And um, from just following extraordinary people, I you learn from them and you learn their little mindset hacks. Um, sort of like like I'm following like I started off with Brian Keane, and I presume most people on this will know Brian Keane. Um, and he's done a lot of things that I want to do in terms of the Sahara Desert Run, and um, the, the Ice Ultra and the Arctic Circle, and in. Marcus Smith and I think if you go down a rabbit hole of the, of the positive people you, you're going to go somewhere positive with your life but if you follow like the, the opposite side of it which is all the negativity and comparing yourself to this person and comparing yourself to that person and 
the anxiety that comes with that because you're comparing your chapter one to their chapter 50. Um, I think that it can be quite a negative environment to be in. Um, and I think that an industry based solely around looks isn't really positive anyway because most of these people that are in the fitness industry um, have superior genetics. I'm not saying you can't get to where they are and you can if you put in that really, really, really hard work, but these people that are diced um, have superior genetics or, or they're taking steroids. Um, not all of them, no. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm just saying a whole industry based around looks isn't really positive, really, when you think about it. Um, because if, if it's just based around looks, looks, looks change and one person's... Um, what's, that, what's, that, what's that phrase? No, I, I, I definitely... The apple of someone's eye isn't the apple of someone else's eye. It's, it's look, looks yeah. based isn't really a positive thing, you know? Exactly. But I definitely agree with you on the, on the whole looks thing as well. You know, it's like, it's all judged around that and it's all based around that. And it's, there's, there's no really, you know, as you said, like, I suppose there's, there's no really what's their personality. It's more of how you look and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You yeah. know, but um, I think, you know, I, I started following um that James Smith guy a few months ago and I think he's doing a great job on yeah. cutting out all the bullshit. Um, and to be definitely. like, I, I don't even, look, I don't even, I suppose, educate myself around fitness anymore. I do my own training. I don't train anyone else. I, you know, if, if someone wants some advice, I'll give you free advice or, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I think he's doing a great job and I suppose cutting out all the bullshit side of things and... Yeah and um showing the true and real side of it and you know it's again like like you said you know you're standing out in your own little way and i suppose he's kind of making it because he's standing out in his way as well of promoting the actual truth side of this and not just how everything looks on instagram and stuff as well exactly um, so yeah no, i follow him myself as well I, I, yeah he's doing a great job in fairness to him. yeah um so i suppose you know that leaves me with the last question um before we wrap up what's next for you um in terms of you know life goals or in terms of um you know helping the irish cancer society as well and just some big visions and stuff you have i know you mentioned the the 100 miles um run as well so you know apart from that what else is there to come that you know big or what else do you have on on the plate i suppose um well in july this year um well depending on the way the coronavirus goes i have 10 marathons in 10 days planned um starting from my home going to clarney and Kerry, doing the ring of Kerry, and then coming back home again so that's 10 marathons in 10 days so that's kind of what i'm training towards now um but in terms of life then like outside of that um I've finished my, my, my two years in the NCEF, so I have my personal trainer certificate, my fitness instructor certificate, and my strength and conditioning uh, certificate. And I'm now going into um, a course in, in Galway on um, neuromuscular therapy, which is kind of that physical therapy. So that's where I'm going down in, in terms of life. I'm going and doing a course in physical therapy, and I hope to, to branch out because I, with with, with with my running page and I suppose what I do on, on social media I get an awful lot of questions about injuries uh, based around running um, so so it's just kind of seems to be naturally where 
where I'm going and naturally where my interest lies in, 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 in helping people. And I think that one of, one of my big things is in life is I get an awful lot from helping people, whether that be helping the Irish Cancer Society or helping people with fitness or, or I now hopefully helping people with, with, with injuries um, and bringing back to 100%. So I, I think it's, 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 it's right for me because I do enjoy helping people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great, man. Um, fair play to you and uh, 10 marathons in 10 days. Um, you know, I suppose that's that's a massive achievement as well. Um, and can't wait to see you um, do that as well and follow your journey on as well because, you know, I just think it's it's amazing what you're doing, man. And, um, it's it you know, I suppose you're kind of promoting the whole side of nothing is impossible as well. And that's something I live by as well. Um so yeah I think you know I think we've kind of answered I suppose everything and for people watching this um to kind of get inspired to I suppose maybe stop caring what other people think as well and you know as obviously we lead as examples as well and that's something I like to do in life is lead by example and show you how much you can actually achieve and stuff if you start uh if you stop caring about what other people think as well so as I said, guys, before, um, any information we share, please, please, please always take action on anything um, I share on this podcast because that's the main thing, you know. It's all well and good getting big speakers on and people with amazing stories and giving you all these tips and tricks. Um, but please start taking some action on what we've said today. And again, uh, thanks very much for, for coming on today and sharing your story and everything you've done as well, man. And I really respect you for, for what you're doing in life as well. And I'm sure we can talk soon as well. So thanks very much for that. 100% Oscar. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the conversation. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. So that's a wrap. Um, that's the third episode done. And hope you guys enjoyed. And I will see you in episode four.